This is a show with no particular niche, baby. It's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out, me and you. Hi, hello, and welcome to That Thing with James, a podcast about nothing in particular. I'm your host, James, and I am... I, I would like to get back into the the bi-weekly swing of this podcast. Um, however, I'm doing a little adjustment with uh, this episode coming out, well, this couple episodes coming out this week, because I looked at the calendar and I realized that uh, had I not made an adjustment, uh, that would plant me uh, recording on Thanksgiving weekend, which I would rather not so I'm doing this instead, so I don't have to record on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, do you have Thanksgiving plans? What's up? Like, it doesn't even exist anymore. Is there a particular... I guess it wasn't... Thanksgiving was not a particularly lucrative enough uh, holiday for corporations because it's just skipped, you know? Because... It's It's been a long-running meme for years now, and it gets worse every fucking time, where it's like, you have Halloween coming up, Halloween stuff, Halloween commercials, Halloween commodities that you can buy in the stores, and then boom, boom, November 1st means it's Christmas. There's no more Thanksgiving, When but when I was growing up, I remember there would be Thanksgiving for... A while there used to be hand turkeys everywhere, turkey stuff. You could get the uh, little like accordion paper pumpkin things that you could open up and make decorations. There used to be commercials for Thanksgiving stuffing and yada yada yada. Thanksgiving used to be a part of uh, you know the, the cultural consciousness. Well, no, I wouldn't even say cultural consciousness, but there used to be advertisements for Thanksgiving. And there have not been for many years now. It's just Halloween and then Christmas. But I even saw Christmas stuff going up before Halloween. So uh, I guess, I guess corporations deemed Thanksgiving not lucrative enough. Uh, but that's not really what this episode is about today. I, uh, as usual, as usual, uh, in the, uh, Outside of the realm of the the Grandpa series that I finished somewhat recently, uh, I have nothing written. I don't really have anything prepared. I just have some general ideas, loose ideas floating in the around in my head, and I'm going to reach out and try to grab them. And hopefully, hopefully, every episode feels like an experiment when I do this, which is usually how I do this. Hopefully, by the end, it comes together as some sort of coherent, educational, entertaining, some some sort of picture that is worth your time. Okay? So, that's what we're going to do. Uh, and also... Uh, let's see. Let me, let me get these out. Let me get these out before I forget them. I'm thinking, all right, Alan Wake 2 the new video game, um, writing, meta writing, meta fiction, auto fiction, 
free association, which is what I'm talking about, reaching out for things uh, loose in my head. That's kind of how I do the show, is free association. You may call it, um, um, I, I, I don't know that I would necessarily call it, oh Christ, what the fuck is it called? I forgot what it was called. It's what James Joyce did, and it's what, um, a few of the beat writers did. It's it's like what on the road is supposed to be. Kerouac. Um, I cannot think of this particular writing form, but it's whatever words pop into your head. You don't plot anything out. It's just the first thing out of your head. You just write it down and just see where it goes, and uh, and hope for the best. Um, but that's that's relative to free association. And free association, in case you didn't know, is where you say, see a hand turkey somewhere. Hopefully you know what a hand turkey is. You see a hand... (laughs) If you don't know what a hand turkey is, I imagine perhaps you are having an image of some kind of horrible monster in your mind, a turkey that is made out of a, or, or looks like a human hand, no feathers. It's just a fleshy human skinned hand turkey. Uh, that's an example of free association. See, I was trying to think of the uh, hand turkeys where you put your hand on some construction paper and you draw around it. So you've got your five fingers and your thumb. Hopefully, you've got all five of your digits. Um, And you draw an outline of your hand onto some construction paper, and then you cut that outline. But but first, before you do any further cutting, you, you situate it in such a way so that your thumb, when, when you have your fingers all spread out and your hand flat on the paper, your thumb becomes the the neck and then ultimately the head of the turkey. And you draw a little beak on there and stuff. And then your other five fingers fanned out a bit further from your thumb. Ooh, ooh, I like the way that sounded. Your five fingers fanned further from your thumb become the uh, fanning feathers at the fanny of the turkey. Although... If this is the UK, fanny means something very fucking different than what I'm talking about. Uh, That would be a hand turkey. You can look it up in case you don't know what it is. But I thought of hand turkey, and then my mind just blipped over to an idea of some kind of monstrous creature that is part turkey, part large, disgusting human hand with talons and a beak. Um, that's an example of free association. You take one thing, you start at one point, and then it makes you think of something else. And I remember hearing about this long ago, but people say, well, they used to say, I haven't heard this in a long time, but word used to be that uh, cannabis, one of the effects of uh, consuming cannabis in some way, if you uh, um, experience the effects of cannabis, the high, if you will, the cannabis high 
from what I remember hearing long ago, tends to amp up or give a more firm access within the cannabis user to free associate or free association, meaning it it makes you a little more imaginative. It loosens your mind up more instead of necessarily thinking in a directly linear path, which honestly no one really does anyway. Um, Never say never. Maybe some people do, but on the whole, people don't think in a direct line usually. There's other things that pop up, other concepts, and your mind will sift through as part of your old survival mechanism to see what will help me survive, what information is relevant, what is irrelevant. We will ignore the irrelevant stuff. This is your brain automatically processing information. We'll ignore what it perceives as irrelevant information and try to have your instrument, your body, and your mind, your your calculator, your your processor, hone in on what your processor deems as relevant. Relevant to what? Relevant to keeping you alive. And that's uh, ultimately what leads to uh, circular habits, um, uh, vicious cycles, uh, you know, self-affirming habits of um, toxic and negative behavior and, and ways of thinking, anxiety, depression, that sort of stuff. Perhaps, perhaps uh, you experienced uh, either for a short period or for many, many years Uh, an environment that was very um, dangerous and damaging to you. So you did have to adapt to a certain way of being, behaving, and thinking. And it did serve a purpose. It did keep you safe. It did keep you alive. It did keep you as sane as possible, operative word, possible. However, once you're away from the dangerous situation, away from the abusive situation, it can then be difficult for your mind and your body to stop. Let's let's rephrase. It can be difficult for your mind and body to get out of the old survival, habitual patterns that it developed when it was actually in a dangerous, toxic, abusive situation. And so that's where years later, like PTSD, that's what kind of what that is, is your body and mind are locked in and kind of just fucking wired, the wired a certain way, and it just, just does not want to unwire itself. Your body and mind does not want to accept that you are no longer in danger. And that's where you get locked into this weird shit, okay? So that's an example of things becoming linear and it not necessarily serving you. It might have served you before, but it's not serving you anymore, okay? Um, Free association then 
comes from getting out of that sort of pattern. I do feel uh, I, I, I should, this isn't even a preface, this is an interface. I should interface real quick that I'm getting pretty thirsty. I'm getting NPR mouth, so I need to take a drink of water, but I'll be right back and I'm going to get right, uh, I'll get to what I'm saying here. Just a second. So then we were talking about getting locked into a linear, perhaps circular circuit of being, behaving, and thinking, all right? And then free association, as I understand it, oh yeah, I was going to do an interface. Interface, uh, I, 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 I have not like studied any of this stuff in a formal way. I don't have a degree in psychology per se at all. One could argue that an acting degree could be adjacent to psychology in some ways, but one of the reasons I got into acting is because I'm interested in this stuff and because I happen to, uh, if I may be so bold, naturally be I, I have a natural, I have a knack for uh, picking up on uh, behavior and connecting these dots that people might not see otherwise um, through free association. I see a type of thinking, behaving, being and think, why? Why is this happening? Why does this happen? How did it begin? What is its purpose? What is it, uh, 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 what did it do? What is it doing now? Is it necessary? How does it affect everything around it? I, I kind of naturally think about that shit. Um, it's just, uh, that's, it's like that uh, song that, um, Christ. Every time I do this podcast, when I try to think of a name or a title, it just goes out the window. It's the song by that Icelandic singer human behavior that's not even the tune but the song is called human behavior and it's uh god damn it she was on space Ghost coast to coast she's like i am i love to talking to the machines and i want to marry space ghost she's this icelandic what the fuck what the fuck was her name bjork bjork that bjork song human behavior yeah i, I just kind of um I don't know, I, I kind of gravitate toward uh, observing and, and dissecting that kind of shit, analyzing it. Well, anyway, it, and maybe that's uh, some part of a survival mechanism of my own that I'm not fully uh, uh, aware of. But back to free association. Free association kind of requires you to get out of a linear way of thinking and pick up these disparate things, the other pieces of information that for one reason or many others, your body, your mind-body, because they are intrinsically one and the same, your body, body-mind, mind-body, um, for one reason or several others, it may try to dismiss other threads, let's call them, as irrelevant. Um, free association is saying, wait a second, no. Uh, what if what if there might be some relevance through these threads? Let's follow them through. And through that would be free association. You're not 
linking, well, this logically seems to follow this, and this logically seems to follow this. Logic has a weird way of trying to, um, uh, much like uh, toxic and uh, maladaptive behaviors, logic or, or perceived logic can, in some cases, become a sort of a self-affirming cycle in Ouroboros, or is it Ouroboros? The snake eating its own tail kind of a thing. Logic may pose itself as uh, something illogical may present itself as logical, though it may in fact not really be logical or rational in any way. Okay. Free association is saying, okay, let's break out of that. Let's see if perhaps, perhaps there may be a logical, rational uh, association between this subject that we're focused on and this other seemingly irrelevant thread, this other item. Well, free association says, we don't need to worry about what's most relevant and what's not. Let's just see, okay, we have an item here. We've got the subject that we're focused on, and then we've got these other items here. I hope you're following along. I hope you're taking notes because there will be, this will be on the midterm and you should be afraid. We've got the subject, okay? And then we've got these other items, and we're not going to judge or grade them, unlike how I will be grading your midterm, not on any kind of scale. If you fail, you fail. Uh, these other items uh, are equally as relevant, we will say, as the direct focused subject. So let's go look at these items and just examine them as they are, okay? We're not going to examine it and say, uh, this probably doesn't mean anything. No, 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 no. You're just going to, without judgment, go look at this other item, examine it, and then suddenly your mind may make an association. The thread might connect back from this other uh, initially seemingly irrelevant item, when you go and examine it, shine your light on it, you then may discover, oh my God, there actually is a thread that connects it back to the subject of focus. So that's free association is just picking up things that pop into your mind and allowing them to not get discarded, but instead giving them a little bit of your energy, shining a little bit of your light onto them, and then perhaps discovering some relevance, some connection, some association to one item between one subject and another that you may not have otherwise discovered. That is free association. And... While I will not admit to ever having experimented with cannabis use uh, at any point in my life, nor will I admit to not ever using cannabis at any point in my life, and I must say it does indeed, so it seems to me, to this one, that it does indeed um, bolster amplify, uh, 
one's ability to freely associate in, in the sense of free association of thought. Okay. And, but I kind of was already that way. The cannabis used or not, I'm not saying one way or another. I will not admit this. No, no, no. Whether it's legal in the state in which I currently reside, I will not admit one way or another. This is an agnostic subject, children. And I will say that regardless, if perhaps I may have used it and if perhaps I did find it or not to uh, a bolster free association or not, I must say that I, I was just kind of this way anyway, and just kind of like this. So what does that have to do with uh, Alan Wake? I'm not entirely sure, but I need another drink of water real quick. I've kept real cotton mouth doing this shit. Just a second. How fortunate it was that I took that other break and got up because I saw the thing that I looked at, an actual physical object that I looked at before I even set up the gear to record this episode. I saw the object of uh, uh, that I wanted to present on this show that I forgot about once I started recording. Um, l l let's just get into it. Excuse me. I've been playing a new video game called Alan Wake 2. It is partly um, revolves around a writer, a, a fictional writer named Alan Wake. Now, there is another, there's Alan Wake 1, which first came out in 2010. Um, I played it a while back, and I, I didn't even finish it. I, I think I got a little pissed off because uh, the controls were really janky, even for a 2010 game. And I, I just put it down because I had other games. I was, uh, you know, well, I, I was in the middle of some other games, and I was like, uh, I'll, I'll put Alan Wake away for a while. And then Alan Wake Two came out, so I've never even finished Alan Wake, the first one. Uh, but this developer, uh, I think Remedy, they are based in Finland. They're from there. It's a Finnish video game developing company. Um, Remedy also made another game that I did play all the way through and I did enjoy. It came out in 2019. It was a video game called Control, and it has a lot to do with uh, overlapping realities. Um, and this is not like a multiverse kind of a thing. Uh, it kind of is, but uh, it, it's different than the the lazy multiverse. This is more of like the cool association of what if... There are different realities that we access with our dreams. How do we explain, uh, you know, uh, unusual paranormal phenomena? It may be linked that it exists in this other sort of reality that is bleeding into our reality, okay? It's not a new idea. It's not a new trope, but uh, Remedy Video Games executes this trope quite well. Uh, and the writer, I know he's the writer for Alan Wake, and I think he wrote Control as well, this dude Sam Lake. If you look him up, he may look familiar to you. If you have been uh, playing video games for a long time, he may look like Max Payne. And that's because he was the face of Max Payne. 
I think he wrote those games too. Now, unfortunately, I never got to play Max Payne. I wanted to. I wanted to when they first came out, when the first one came out. Um, but, you know, I was a kid. I didn't have the money, the access to it. Like so many other things that I would love to have gotten into, I, I didn't have or perhaps may not have had permission, uh, let's just say it that way, to uh, get into that stuff, okay? Um, regardless, I know about this anyway because I've read about it somewhat recently. Um, well, anyway, Control, the video game, links up, it, it explores the similar kind of thing that's happening in the Alan Wake games, where Alan Wake is this um, fictional writer. Uh, he is, the fuck was that sound? He is a famous crime novelist, and he has this character, this PI named um, uh, Alex Casey, or Cold Case Casey, or Hard Case Casey. It's real pulpy, noir kind of shit, and I fucking love it. I love that thing, and, and the way Alan Wake is, like, presented, like, with the, what are those blazers with that kind of, like, faux leather elbow guard on the blazer and everything, and he's got long hair and, like, a, you know, uh, cropped sort of a beard. Um, it's, like, and he, and he wears this, like, satchel and stuff. And Alan Wake is the type of character, uh, uh, the type of person that I have wanted to be for well over a decade, well before I ever heard of Alan Wake. And it's certainly not a new type of character anyway. Uh, I would say Johnny Depp's character in uh, The Ninth Gate that sort of thing. Dude who wears a raincoat, has a satchel, is a bit of a misanthrope. I love that kind of a character. I identify as that kind of a character. And I hope to continue growing <laughs> to that kind of a character. As a matter of fact, I hope to make a living from being what I know I am. That kind of a character. Because, you know, art and reality reflect upon each other. And that art and reality reflecting upon each other is the crux. It's the hinge of the weirdness that happens in the video games, the Alan Wake video games, in which Alan Wake is writing a new story. I think he goes to write a horror story. And he's in this small town in this little area of Washington State. Uh, the games are very influenced by uh, Twin Peaks, mind you, uh, among other things that I love. Um, but reality starts shifting in a very dark and uh, violent and frightening way when uh, Wake discovers that the things he is writing are coming true. And the things that he is writing are becoming reality. They are shifting reality. And uh, so Alan Wake 2 further explores this sort of realm of like, how is it possible that what this man is writing is coming 
to be is changing reality. And there comes that there are other realities, other uh, planes of existence that exist on other vibrations, other radio frequencies. I've certain, I know for a fact I've talked about this. I, it has to be more than once on this, on the years that I've been doing this podcast now. Um, different realities that exist on, say, a different radio frequency. But those radio channels are bleeding into our radio channel, our reality, and it's changing shit, okay? Well, the reason I bring up Alan Wake and all this stuff, and it's something I'm going to get into a bit uh, in this week's bonus episode, if you want to catch that, uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. You'll get access to all bonus episodes. All of the Grandpa Goes to the Eastern Block series, which I highly encourage you to consume, and other bonus content that I've created. Patreon.com slash that thing with James. Just $5 for the entire month. Just $5 gives you access to all the other shit that I've made for a whole month. You've got all, all of a month to, to get into all the other stuff that I've made. Just $5, patreon.com slash that thing with James. And if you feel like contributing more, then you will get other little perks. It's Details are written in Patreon. And the details of my socials and everything are written in this episode's description. But uh, getting back to Alan Wake, because I want to wrap up this episode... Uh, the reason I bring it up in free association and everything else, how does all of this relate to the object that I saw during my last little water break? The object that I forgot about when I hit record at the start of this episode. The object that I subsequently saw and then was reminded when I felt most lost in the sauce, I saw this hat. Uh, audio listeners, I'm holding like a cheap little costume bowler hat right now. And this is the missing thread. When I felt most lost in the free association sauce of this episode, I saw this and was reminded, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about this thing and how it relates to every other fucking thing that I've said in this episode. I'm enjoying Alan Wake 2 quite a lot. Um... And I can tell it is affecting me in a positive, very positive way, even though it is a survival horror game, which I usually don't get into, but I love this premise so much and its presentation that uh, I'm just into it. Though I, I occasionally do have to take a little break because it gets kind of fucking intense. Uh, how does this relate? Is that um, it is presenting this story and these concepts and these um, nods to other works of art and 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 genres and everything that I love it's like it's a it's a it's a meal made up of so many ingredients that I love and have loved all of my life as far back as I can remember and one of the greatest, things that I've gotten from the game thus far. I think I'm about 40 to 50% of the way through the game right now. 
But the greatest gift the game Alan Wake 2 has given me thus far is inspiration. So in the last Patreon, last bonus episode that I did, go to patreon.com slash that thing with James to catch it. In the last bonus episode I did, I shared the latest version of the blurb of my novel that I have been trying all year, although granted I've taken a two to three month break from pursuing representation. I've been seeking representation for a novel that I wrote because I want to get it published, traditionally published, not self-published. Um, and I have been having trouble for this entire year coming up with a decent blurb so that I can make then, like that's the meat of what's called a query letter that I would send out that I have, have been sending out to literary agents to not just get rejections, uh, only rejections. I haven't even gotten a partial manuscript request, meaning no agents I've reached out to. And this is dozens. I think it's about 30 to 35, about let's say 30 agents have rejected me this year. Um, and I'm not stopping. I went through some months of being uh, entirely disheartened and stuck because I was never happy with the letter. And I, I'll say more about why. I said some in last in the last bonus episode, but I, I shared the, the latest version of the blurb of the story, and I still wasn't happy with it. And then I got inspired playing Alan Wake 2. I got inspired and reminded of a method, a writing method that I had forgotten about that is in, uh, intrinsically very much uh, an exercise in free association. And it's called the cut-up method, cut-up method. Um, some people, oh, too many people attribute William S. Burroughs as creating it, and that is not the case. The cut-up method was created by another artist some years before. Regardless, it was William S. Burroughs who um, made it as popular as it would ever get, as well-known as it would ever get, because he utilized it as well. And uh, David Bowie has utilized the cut-up method uh, Tom York has utilized the cut-up method. Some of your, if you're a fan of Bowie and, and Radiohead, I guarantee some of your favorite songs of theirs, the lyrics to those songs, they wrote using this, the cut-up method, which is you take a body of pre-written text. You can write it yourself. You can write the text yourself, or you can find the text elsewhere, uh, on a newspaper, uh, on an advertisement, anything. You just find a text and then you cut it out. You get some scissors or a knife or a hobby knife, a hobby blade, and you cut the words out. And you can cut it into single words or single lines or single phrases, uh, participles, whatever you want. You can have a whole sentence, you can have a part of a sentence, you can have a single word, uh, 
whatever you want, but you cut them into separate pieces, separate slivers, like audio listeners. Uh, I'm holding up out of, I'm pulling out of my bowler hat, a sliver of paper that I cut up. Um, this is text that I wrote. I took uh, the last blurb about my book that I wrote that I still wasn't happy with, and I used this method. I cut it up. I cut it into lines, portions, whatever you want. And I put the slivers in this bowler hat, and then I mix them up and mix them up and mix them up some more. And then I reach in and I stir around with my hand and pull out a random sliver. And this sliver right here says, the journal he kept during his. Let's pull out another sliver. Uh, got a couple slivers here. This one says, winter storm. Uh, this one says... A uh, seemingly endless series of unfortunate events. <clears throat> so we can take those three phrases and change the meaning of something from the original text. The original text has its own meaning, but with the cut-up method, you you deconstruct. Uh, you know, hello, uh, Jacques Derrida, <laughs> channeling Jacques Derrida, uh, deconstruction theory. Um, you, you, you take away the meaning of the original block, you cut it all up into pieces and you mix it up and you pull out slivers to create an entirely different meaning or to help you find a different angle on the original meaning, which is what I was trying to, and I believe achieved with the blurb that I was unhappy with. The blurb being like the thing you read on the, the back cover of a book that kind of explains or says what the book is about. So here we have, I pulled out, the journals he kept during his seemingly endless series of unfortunate events, winter storm. So we could say, uh, um, yeah, we could say uh, the journals, like I just said, yeah, the journals he kept during a seemingly endless series of unfortunate events all during the winter storm. You can find a new meaning, create a new story, or find a new angle on a story. And that's the essence of free association. And in this week's bonus episode, I'm going to read to you the latest version of the blurb, and I think I might, might, might talk a little more candidly about another topic I talked about um, several episodes ago. Uh, but anyway, thank you. If, if you're still sticking around, thanks for tuning in. I hope you had fun. I hope I kept you engaged. I hope I kept you entertained. And I hope I um, educated you or enlightened you or inspired you in some way. Um, that's the most I could ever hope to achieve um, in life is those three things. To uh, entertain, enlighten, and educate others to inspire them to go on and do the same, to spread those good, imaginative, free associating thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and ways of being. Don't get locked into the darkness. Associate your way to something imaginative and cool. All right. 
Once again, patreon.com slash that thing with James bonus episodes, socials, uh, show email, and subreddit. Those are detailed in the episode description. I love you, and I will catch you next time. Bye.